0: i up, given up. I'm going back, it up. Ride so hard. Hello, hello, hello. And a very warm welcome to Gelato's Parlor, my series of podcasts, and I'm going to get straight to the point on this um, episode. Um This is one of the funniest stories, I think, that happened to me in my career. And um, I would say it's among the top five uh, on-the-road tales that um, is so surreal and so bizarre uh, and and, and so funny that um, I'm not sure if it really happened, but indeed it did. And uh, I'll cut right to the chase. This happened when I was in a band called the Chevalier Brothers. Now, the Chevalier Brothers are one of the... um, top bands on the circuit live bands in the the 80s and we built up a really big following among younger people. Well I say younger people we were young as well we were only in our early to mid 20s doing this kind of swing music and uh, people somehow took to it it was it was almost new to the people listening to it and uh, it was great fun. So uh, we used to play basically all the clubs and pubs which I'll I'll touch upon on another episode. But we were really the sort of darlings of this university circuit. Now, the university circuit in those days used to have so many different bands. You know, on one night you could see Ian Dury playing, the Pogues, Kirsty McCall, people like that. And, uh, and in the jazz tent, they'd have people like Acker Bilk and Humphrey Littleton. And uh, us, you see, we were booked because we were the. Um, the sort of hip, young band on the scene at the time doing this, uh, diverse sort of swing music which nobody had really heard. And, um, we'd support people like Ian Jewry and all this sort of thing, and it was, uh, fantastic. And the Pogues as well, and Primal Scream. That's another story I'll tell you about later on, another time. But, um... Basically, we, we used to have a great time on those university gigs and people would really enjoy it and love it. And um, that it was a great way of, of reaching a, a mass audience of young people doing those universities and colleges. So, anyway, we, uh, I'll just uh, go back a little bit because one night it, it was so, we did so much work. They used to be called the May Balls. So they'd run from May to June and July, I believe. And those May Balls, right, one day we pl- would play something like Oxford University and we'd go on stage about eleven. We'd finish, we'd pile in the van and then we'd we'd drive all the way to Cambridge and we'd do the four o'clock set in the morning and uh, get back home probably about 10 or something like that a.m. I don't believe we did that and I don't remember in those days ever feeling tired and I think we were probably fortified by cans of of super tea, Tenant's Lager, which we'd always have on the rider for some bizarre reason. (laughs) Anyway. This story uh, starts, we were booked to do a gig at Christ College in Cambridge uh, and um, the tickets for this May ball were, were phenomenal. They were a fortune and the thing had sold out months in advance and there was a big bill on. I can't remember quite who was on the bill apart from us. And uh, anyway, we drive up there and um, we meet the guys, you know, we all get in and, and whatever and at a drummer was a guy called John Piper who was a fantastic jazz drummer and he was very much, John was very much part of my early career. He worked with us for for many, many years. And uh, unfortunately, oh, 20 years or so, poor John passed away, he was only uh, age 40, of of throat cancer, which was a real blow. Well, I miss him and many of us still miss him, but um, he was a real character. And he was a Millwall football supporter, you see. Um, I'm not gonna go as far as say a Millwall hooligan, which he might have been, but he was a, a Millwall fan. So we turn up at Christ College and he's brought two of these football supporters with him. Two big fellas, you know, because John wasn't a very big guy. And these two big guys, and they're done up in the full regalia. Now, one of them, I can't remember his name, and the other one I remember was called Lol. And he was a real South London kind of cockney bloke, you know. Very friendly, very nice guy. And they'd hired this regalia to come into this gig as our guests. And uh, Lol, I remember, was in Scottish regalia. He had the little sort of tuxedo, that one that stops at the waist with the bow tie, and he had a kilt, right? And uh, and he's mucking about, you know, lifting the kilt up as <laughs> as you do, uh, you know, m- messing around. And uh, so what what happened was. We had a, a dressing room and we were sharing the dressing room with a, a, a few other bands and there was a big tea urn and there were sandwiches and there was all sorts of stuff like salads and coleslaw and all this sort of thing that the, um, the college had laid on for us before we played. Now the problem was we used to get there in those days really early. These days I'll, I'll turn up to a gig an hour or two and that's it, I'll do a sound I don't want to be hanging around venues anymore. In those days we didn't know any better so we probably arrived there about three now, arriving there that time wasn't a great idea, and I'll tell you why. Drinking. You know, we were younger, and we used to have a drink, you know, so we were all starting laying into the, the, the beers and, and whatever, and the wines, and everybody was getting, getting hammered. In those days, the band was me, John Piper on drums, Maurice Chevalier, the French guy who I mentioned earlier, Patrice his real name, Maurice Chevalier, Roger Beaujolais that's still around, and Clark Kent, A.K. An- Anders James, who's still my business partner to this day, playing bass. We used to call him Clark Kent because, surprise, surprise, he looked exactly like Clark Kent. And you can Google some pictures, and you'll see what I mean. Big, strapping, six foot four, good-looking guy. He looked like Clark Kent. Looked like, exactly like uh, Christopher Reeve in those days. Used to play Clark Kent. So anyway, we're all having a drink, and we have the uh, the band sandwiches and all that sort of thing. Now we were up on a couple of floors, about two floors up with a view, of a window view, over the street. And uh, so things were getting really rowdy. And I remember, I'll never forget that John Piper, uh, was uh, when he'd get drunk, he was a, 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 a lunatic, you know. And I'll never forget that he thinks it's funny, and everyone goes out, all the other bands got the room, and it was just us. And he goes, oh, look at this, lads. And he, he, he peed, urinated in the tea urn. <laughs> and then threw a tray of sandwiches in the tea urn, which all swelled up now other people were coming in throughout the evening drinking the tea uh we couldn't believe it you know it was uh, um, it was just terrible so you had the sound, Oh, yeah have a nice cup of tea and they're drinking this tea that had been peed in and and a, and a tray of cheese sandwiches thrown in them, which is sort of swollen up that's where the madness started anyway Pipe, John Piper's friends, Loll and this other fella, these two Millwall kind of, uh, uh, let's pull them supporters, but they could have been Millwall hooligans. You know, to us, they were very nice and they were they were getting more and more hammered. So we're all looking out the window because it was a balmy evening in May or June um, and it was a lovely sunny evening. Now, remember, no one could get a ticket for this gig, this gig at Christ College. And it was full of what we used to call at the time, we used to call them Hooray Henrys, you know, debutants and uh, from money backgrounds. And we were all sort of working class kids and we'd look at these people have no nothing really in common with them anyway we're looking out the window and i'm standing there with that lol and his mate and john and we're looking out and this couple turn up right and don't forget the window's got the street view and they shout up and says oh excuse me excuse me there and uh she says yeah she says, um we we, we really can't uh, get a ticket what are you guys uh, any way you can help us and we says well we're the band you know nothing really we could do and the girl is going, oh, please help us. You know, we really want to get a ticket. We've, we've waited and we, uh, tickets have run out. And now the guy's done up in the nines in the, tuk- in the dinner jacket and all that sort of stuff and the bow tie. And the girl's got the lovely ball gown on. But back, back, we didn't even bat an eyelid. And this guy, lol, in the full Scottish regalia, he spoke like a real cockney, as I told you. I like South London, you know what I mean, and all that. Even more than yeah, a lot more than what I do. Like, So next thing, he's affected a posh accent. And he's got, oh, you, can I help you with something? They've got, yes, any any chance you can get us in or snakes? He goes He goes, Oh, just wait a minute. I'll be back in a second, I'll see what I can do for you. And he's gone over to the catering table, he's picked up a catering tray, massive round steel tray, one of those trays full of coleslaw, and he's gone back laughing and we're wondering, What what is he gonna do? What's what's happening here? And he's going, uh, is he going to do what we think he's going to do? Uh, and he and he's poked his head out the window, hiding this coleslaw under the sort of uh, windowsill. And they've got any luck? Can you can you help us? And the girl goes, "Oh, I really hope you can help us." And he has literally dropped the coleslaw on them and gone, "Have some of that! Have some of that!" And they're covered in coleslaw. I'm not joking. We're looking down, and the couple are covered in it. The coleslaw tr- uh, bowl is is doing a wagon wheel down the road, like clattering down the road. The guys shouted up, "You bloody bastard!" <laughs> the girls, like, I mean, you know, in these times now, I have to tell the story because it happened. But you know, it, it, we're living in very strange times. But it, it was funny at the time, and we we're all, uh, uh, you know, laughing. And this couple are covered in coleslaw, and and that lol is laughing, and we we can't believe it now. The couple have obviously disappeared uh, uh, in, 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 in absolute shock. And we're, we're all just killing ourselves. So you've had the, the peeing in the tea urn. The couple covered in coleslaw. This is like the spinal tap, what rock bands get up to. And we were just a young band playing sort of, sort of swing. But we we're actually, I mean, it's crazy when, when you're young. You don't think. Anyway, it ends up with Lowell having, a, because of what happened, our sound guy at the time, a guy called uh, Andy Johnson, who's also sadly passed away. Uh, Andy and Lol have a fist fight, right, in the dressing room in front of the other bands. And they and we've I, I had to pull them apart. This is the, the, the madness of the evening. And Maurice Chevalier, who was the guy that gave me the name Ray Gelato, who you, you can hear that in one of the other the earlier episodes where I say how I got the name Ray Gelato. And Maurice was a crazy cat as well. And he's probably had a few drinks. And he's actually gone. he stood up and he's gone... Uh, Mad? He goes, you want to see effing mad? And he's ju- run over to this wardrobe and kicked it apart. Wouldn't stop kicking it till the wardrobe is firewood. An old wardrobe in this room for no reason at all. And uh, that was basically the end of the evening. And I think, we, I think we got charged in those days hundreds of pounds via our management for this wardrobe. And we ended up going to do the gig. But um, I'm not sure what happened to Lol and his friend. I never saw him again, thank God. And I don't know what happened to the poor couple, Covenant Coleslaw. But anyway, that's the story from this Gelato's Parlour about this uh, story, what happened. And um, I really hope you're going to continue listening because I, I have a great time at these. And if you like it, please head over to iTunes and leave a nice little review and a, and a, a little write-up about it. You can do that. I would appreciate that. But you've been listening to Ray Gelato, and this is Gelato's Parlour. Take care of yourselves, my good friends.